Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. And I'm Ryan Zook. We have a special episode today talking hoops and hockey. The men and women's basketball teams are both undefeated and the hockey team is ranked in the top 10. We bring you up to speed on those programs, key players, key wins, and what to expect going forward on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, Ryan, good to talk to you. We don't need Aaron for this. You would just get in the way. Exactly. Yeah. And we're actually talking about some good Michigan teams today. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Both the men and women's basketball teams uh, undefeated so far, 4-0 um, early early going in the season. And, uh, you know, the hockey team ranked inside the, the top 10 as well with some big wins and, and a lot of talent on that squad. We'll get to it all. Yeah, I guess we'll figure we'll start with start with some men's basketball. What do you want to know about this men's basketball team? Probably everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything, but let's start off with just your initial uh, reactions or your takeaways from, from this team based off of what was coming back from last year and what expectations were coming into this year, what you've seen from these first four games. Yeah, they were, uh, they were ranked number 25 in the, in the preseason polls, and that seemed about right. Um, the Big Ten was loaded. They were behind you know, several, several teams there. I think seven teams in the Big Ten were ranked uh, to start the season. And they've been, you know, they've been good, but but not great. They look really good uh, yesterday against UCF, eighty to fifty-eight. Really dominated that game. Had a twenty to zero run at one point in the in the second half. But you know, they did fall out of the rankings. You know, the week week before, after you know, needing overtime to beat to beat an Oakland team that had gotten dominated in in its previous game. So um, yeah, there's been some some shakiness, but overall, uh, pretty pretty good um you know especially with with so many new pieces so yeah they're they're four and oh and one more non-conference game potentially we can talk about that a, a little later but you know before big 10 play starts just uh the end of this week sunday would be their is their first scheduled big 10 game no I, I know you wrote about this this today too kind of want, wanting to see more of hunter dickinson or at least in a starting role and i mean he's played more than austin davis so far this year but uh, do you think he's made enough of a case to to be the the starter at, at the at the five now? Or yeah, it's interesting because he's he's already playing the starter's minutes, so he's he's playing you know more than than the guy who starts over him. Um, this is the freshman we're talking about, Hunter Dickinson. But yeah, there's still there's a reason that you know your best players typically start. You know you want them on the floor against the other team's best players, and uh, you know get off to a good start in the game and and things like that. Um, I understood why he didn't start to begin the year. Um, but I think he's shown enough now to to say that yeah, that's probably probably the right move, and I'm I'm sure they're they're considering it. We could see it see it sooner rather than later. He's been he's been very impressive, Dickinson. Um, 
just kind of making uh, the easy plays look easy. I mean, he's seven foot one and uh, you know, most of the guys guarding him are a few inches shorter so far. And he's uh, yeah, he's gone to work, you know, just good footwork and, you know, either hand finishing around the basket, avoiding foul trouble. So yeah, he's been, he's been very impressive. I mean, when both of your big guys are shooting 70%, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, Dickinson's got, you know, Davis could, could stay around there. He's not going to be shooting from, you know, too far outside the basket. Dickinson will, uh, has that touch to kind of, you know, stretch the floor a little bit, potentially. He's only taken two threes this year. They both missed, but he's got that in his game. He's got a nice looking stroke. So uh, we'll see. The other freshmen um, have also you know, the, those who have seen the floor have been good as well. Terrence Williams, most notably, he's the one who's gotten the most minutes outside of Dickinson in that, in that four man freshman class. But, you know, he, he goes out there with Dickinson sometimes their childhood friends, the, the DMV boys, as Juwan calls them, um, you know, both from that, that Washington DC area, you know, AAU teammates, uh, you know, growing up and rival high schools and yeah, they have a nice chemistry on the, on the floor together as well. So yeah, you got those two guys, you've got, other new faces as well. Um, the John transfers D- with some big, big moments already this year. A- absolutely. Shawnee Brown, you know, he, he comes off the bench and, and just, uh, he makes shots. I mean, the guy he had, you know, he had a rough game against, uh, I think it was, was it Oakland. I think it was the Oakland game that he went, uh, one for 10 from three, but, uh, you know, he, he's bounced back since then. And, you know, he's, he's, taken the most and, and, and made the most threes, uh, you know, for Michigan this season. So he's, he's, he's still shooting, you know, above 40% from three, um, you know, despite that one really poor outing. Um, and yeah, he's just been kind of, kind of the microwave off, off the bench, just coming in, heating up and yeah, giving Michigan a nice punch. I don't know if it's more of his name or just the role he's playing right now, coming off coming off the bench and giving a spark. But I feel like he's developing into like a fan favorite already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's hard to know exactly, given that there are you know no actual fans at the games. But yeah, right. you see on social media and things like this. Uh, yeah, it looks like a a very nice pickup for for Jawan Howard from Wake Forest, and then. Mike Smith would be the other. He's he's starting at point guard, very important position. I think he'll be he'll be really important as the season continues on. You know, he's looked he's looked pretty good as well. You know, he and Hunter Dickinson especially will be very interesting to watch come Big Ten play. You know, Dickinson just because he's a freshman and his size alone has allowed him to kind of dominate some of these schools, smaller schools, literally smaller schools as far as the the, the players they're putting on the court. You know, come Big Ten play, that'll change a little bit. Mike Smith. Also a little bit because of his size, uh, you know, he's only 5'10", 5'11", depends how, you know, how much of his hair you want to count. Uh, but when, you know, coming from Columbia, that's the main thing for him. Like, okay, he was an Ivy League. He was a force in that league. You know, would it translate, you know, to to the Big Ten? And, you know, through four games, we don't have an answer. They haven't played Big Ten teams yet. They've played, they've played you know, lower level schools. But I think he's probably, you know, he's met the expectations so far. So I think there's, you know, there's there's optimism with him. Yeah, for, for me to see Digitson go up against some of these other bigs in the Big Ten, I mean, that's that should be pretty interesting to watch. I mean, if he can fare well against I mean, like the, the Garzas of the conference, I mean, then then you kind of really know you have something special. Absolutely. It's a shame that that game, Michigan all plays Iowa once, and uh, it's March 4th. It's the second to last game of the regular season. Jeez, yeah. Um, but yeah, because they're, they're from, he's from uh, Washington, D.C. as well, uh, Garza, and they, they train together actually over, over the, the summer, so... Yeah, Garza's on a whole nother level. I would not expect Dickinson as a freshman to be able to, you know, if he even holds his own with the, with the senior Garza National Player of the Year candidate, that'd be that'd be a great sign. But um, but yeah, there's been been a lot of positives. You know, if you're looking for some areas of concern, I mean, Franz Wagner has not been, you know, he's he finished last year so strong, and he hasn't maybe 
exactly picked up where he left off last year. But I mean, I think he's taken it to the hoop really well. He's shooting a high percentage on, you know, his two point shots. It's just, you know, the, the Saudi Washington said this, uh, an assistant coach, when we, we spoke to him before the last game, it's all about just seeing that, that outside shot go in. That's just like the only piece that he feels is, is really missing. Um, you know, he's, he's one for eight from, from three this season so far. And, you know, that, that one make came two games ago, he missed his only attempt last game. So, uh, but he's not relying on it. He, he's getting to the hoop. He's, he had, he had some foul trouble this past game that slowed him down. So he just hasn't really gotten in a, in a great rhythm yet, but they still won their game. So it hasn't been a, a huge, uh, a huge problem. You know, as far as going forward, Michigan has a game scheduled on, on Wednesday against North Carolina. You think Carolina. it gets played? Yeah, well, we should get an update today, it sounds like, from North Carolina State's side. The reason would be that North Carolina State had to cancel its game Saturday because of a positive COVID test, and maybe just one. I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, so they, out of you know, precaution, they sat that game out. Uh, we'll see what comes back, you know, how, how much of the rest of their roster is, is affected. That's a Big Ten ACC Challenge game. You know, no word yet on if it's not played, if it would be made up potentially. You know, I see some people noting that Wisconsin scheduled, you know, who's got their ACC Big Ten Challenge game is in jeopardy too because of their opponent. Hey, maybe you just play a early Big Ten game with Michigan and Wisconsin meeting, uh, you know, last minute notice uh, on Wednesday. That, that NC State game was supposed to be the last tune-up before Big Ten play, right? That is that is correct. Yeah, Michigan's schedule kind of worked out, you know, some by chance, some by design that, um, you know, kind of ramped up to Big Ten with kind of the opponents kind of getting better as, as they went to a certain extent. You know, they got to play UCF and, you know, an American Athletic Conference team, um, you know, on, on Sunday. And even though they might not have looked like it, they were supposed to be the best team among among the group they played thus far and then kind of step up to the ACC with, with NC State on Wednesday before, you know, Big Ten play starts Sunday. Uh, against Penn State so we'll see you know they certainly want to play that game that'd be a long sure. well it wouldn't be a long layoff before P- Penn State it'd only be a week but yeah we'll we'll see we should get an answer on that today but so far Michigan's been unaffected uh, but could have the first you know first cancellation of the season so based off what you've seen so far from Michigan and maybe some other teams in the Big Ten where do you think this team stacks up in in, in the conference heading into conference play yeah I mean I still think they're rightfully so behind the, some of the teams that they are behind in, in the rankings. Um, you know, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois to me are, are, were the top three going into the season. They still are, but Michigan state, I mean, after, you know, beating Duke pretty handily on the road and, and their five and O start, you know, they, they've earned their way into that conversation as well, being a, you know, maybe a notch, notch above Michigan right now, you know, then, then there's that sort of that, that next tier is kind of jumbled. I mean, I think Michigan could have its case to be the best team, you know, outside of that, that quartet I just mentioned, you know, Indiana, Purdue, Rutgers, most of these teams are off to good starts against, against lesser competition. There's no, there's no team that has lost more than more than one game so far. Um, but yeah, I think Michigan is, is, is right up there and with room to grow, given that they do have, you know, some freshmen that they're, they're relying on and are working in some, some new pieces. So yeah, I think it's uh start for Michigan and you can have high expectations going forward. Women's team also 4-0. What are your what are your thoughts on on them as well? Yeah, I mean not not, not too surprising given their competition, but I I mean I think the the Notre Dame win last week was uh kind of a obviously Notre Dame isn't the national title contender like they were in in the previous few years or for the last couple decades before these um last before they finished below 500 last year and aren't expected to be real top contenders again this year. But 
for Kim Barnes and Rico to earn her, her first win over a school that she used to play a, a lot in the Big East and was previously 0-4 against the Irish. And after blowing the lead last year against Notre Dame in the fourth quarter, they held a, a small lead head in the fourth quarter this this year and, and were able to kind of pull away late for a 76-66 to victory. Other victories over Central Michigan, Oakland, and Wright State, um, nothing to really write home about, but I mean, storing 80 or more points in all three of those games, storing more than 90 in, in their first two. And uh, and it's been Nas Hillman basically leading the way once again. I mean, third in the conference in scoring, third in the big in the conference in rebounding. And this was kind of what Michigan expected out of her heading into her junior year. It was a co-Big Ten player, preseason co-Big Ten player of the year. And uh, she's been uh, she's been dynamite for the Wolverine so far. Yeah, I was looking into so my New York Liberty got the number one pick in the draft for the second straight year. I saw in the draft lottery, so I started saying, "Oh, is is, is not Selman maybe a? I don't know if her game really is such a translates to the pro level, but that's a different argument. But I was right. like, oh, you know, could she be? Where where is she on like mock drafts or whatever? And I didn't see her. I was like, oh, okay. And then yeah, realized, oh wait, she's only a junior. She's not. Mission's got a lot of core pieces that, that still have a, a year or two left. Uh, um, same with Amy Dilt, their, their standout point guard. And uh, Leah Brown, a, a transfer from Nebraska, has been no. fantastic for, for Michigan. I mean, she's averaging, averaging almost 18 points per game, shooting over 60% from the floor. Uh, and she's been she's been a weapon. She's been inserted right away in the starting lineup, and, and she's delivered. Last year, she was the Big Ten Sixth Player of the Year, and um, she's kind of taken that starting role and ran with it. So a lot of things to like so far from the the Michigan women's Wolverines, and we'll see if they uh, that can continue here moving forward. Yeah, you don't see the in-conference in transfers too often, especially, you know, the better players like that. But, yeah, she's absolutely made a difference. Um, Amy Dilk is is healthy and, and looking good from what you've seen so far at, at point guard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you kind of almost just with the weapons she has around her, I mean, you're almost wanting, like, her numbers to kind of stick out to you more. But when you have so many other weapons around her, you kind of don't really need her to be the go-to player and, and let her kind of facilitate. And I think she's been able to do that. Um, so far so I mean may maybe once you get into Big Ten play that you'll need a little bit more from her but right now what they've been doing has been working so uh, we'll, we'll see if that can continue how does so how does their schedule set up where are they at do they have more non-conference games are they done and they have Butler at home on Wednesday and then they kick off uh, Big Ten play December 19th at Illinois so what okay. another one more tune-up uh, just before your games on on Wednesday uh, should be a uh, a women's game maybe so well oh yeah that that would be i think it'd be the third doubleheader already this year not that again with no fans it's not really that, <laughs> that really a uh, big deal i guess but yeah i mean i should know with the men their big 10 schedule sets up uh, i guess i think favorably if you want to try to stockpile some wins early you know the the teams that were picked you know to finish near the uh in, in the bottom of the of the big 10 are the teams that they play um you know right away with penn state nebraska maryland Northwestern, Minnesota. Yeah. Then they play Penn state again. Uh, then, then they do have the game against Wisconsin, but then it's Minnesota, Maryland right after that. So, I mean, it's like, again, those are the, the four teams I mentioned outside of Wisconsin are the four teams picked at the bottom of the league and Michigan, Michigan gets them all, um, you know, kind of early, earlier in the year, obviously that means later in the year, it's, it's some of the better teams, it's but tougher. Um, yeah, it should be, should be interesting to, to, you know, see how that, if they can take advantage of that that early weaker slate potentially 
all right, let's we say we're going to talk some hockey too. All things stick and puck. Uh, the the Wolverines are very talented. I want to get into this right away. We can we can talk big picture, but I just you said before we started talking that this freshman class that Michigan has might not just be the best ever at Michigan. Could be one of the best freshman classes in college hockey history. Yes, yes, that is accurate. And I mean, if you just want to try to run down a few of these players. Uh, this this past year, they had two players selected in the first 38 picks. They uh, um, Brendan Brisson uh, forward went 29th overall to the Vegas Golden Knights, and then Thomas Bordalo went 38th to the San Jose Sharks. But they also had three freshmen that weren't eligible for this draft because they they were they haven't they're so young that they mm-hmm. aren't even eligible till next year's draft, and they're all expected to be drafted in the top 10 next year, which would be a first. Uh, there hasn't even been. Three players from one team get drafted in the first round and any of the first 30 picks, let alone mm-hmm. the first 10. So, I mean, you have one Owen Power, the six foot five defenseman, is being talked about as possibly the number one overall pick dash, uh, next year. And that's for a college player to go number one is very, very rare. Um, the last one was Jack Eichel a few years ago, but it, you don't see that very often. And, um, yeah, I mean, Matty Beniers, I think a, a forward who was originally committed to Harvard, I think he's been the best of that that trio so far. Six points in eight games, but I think he's the best two-way player that, that Michigan has. I mean, Coach Mel Pearson can put him out in any situation, and he's going to get the job done offensively and defensively. Ken Johnson has nine points, and, and he's definitely flashed his offensive potential. I don't think he's as complete of a player as, as Power or, or Beniers, but – Obviously, that that still level is there, and kind of going into the season, you wanted, you were wondering how they might gel um, early on and, and see how how things to to kick off. And they started off, yeah, they got out of the gate hot. Won their first four games, outscored opponents eighteen to four, outshot them one hundred fifty four to eighty four, and it's like, wow. I mean, where's the next loss on on their schedule? And then, but the thing about college hockey is a lot of these young guys come in and they struggle a little bit early on because they're 17, 18 year old high rated prospects, but you're facing college players who are 22, 23, up to even 25, who because a lot of them go play juniors for a couple of years and then come in into college programs as 20, 21 year old freshmen. So a lot of the stuff that they did in juniors doesn't really work against these, these college players, even though they might be more talented than these older college players the experience plays a big factor. Um, so it, the first four games that really wasn't, uh, it looked like, wow, I mean, these guys look mature and, and we're kind of blowing teams away. And then you play a team like Notre Dame, who I think might be the best coach team in college hockey uh, under Jeff Jackson. I mean, I think their system is the best they can, sh- they've shut down teams since Jackson's took over and has made it to the, the NCAA tournament, even a, a final, uh, national championship appearance and they won Notre Dame was came into Ann Arbor grinded out two one goal wins low scoring wins and it's like all right I mean maybe a little bit of a wake-up call and this past weekend they played Penn State came into the weekend 0-4 they were predicted to finish last in the Big Ten Michigan grinds out a a three to one victory on I think it was Wednesday night it's needed a kind of Strauss man who goaltender of the year last year in the Big Ten had to come up with some big saves late. Veneer scored an empty net goal. And it's like, all right, maybe they're back on track. And then sure enough, uh, on Thursday, they, they lose 9-5 to five against Penn State for Penn State's first victory of the year. And not a great performance there on, on Thursday. 
Michigan only has two more games left on, on their schedule, both against Minnesota, which is undefeated. And uh, Minnesota was also predicted to, to win the Big Ten this year. And I think are the two most talented teams. But we will not see all of that talent on, on the ice on, on Tuesday and Wednesday when the two teams drop the puck in Ann Arbor. Uh, you know, Michigan has five players that are, are headed off to a World Juniors camp with Team USA. They will be shorthanded. Uh, against the the uh, Golden Gophers, which not not ideal, but I mean I, Minnesota will be missing a few players too. So I mean, two really talented teams that are going to be relying on some some depth come uh, come Tuesday and Wednesday. In the past few years, I mean, Michigan has they haven't had these powerhouse recruiting classes where you're bringing in guys that, that can make the World Juniors rosters at least under 20 players that are considered some of the best in, in their country. But this year with these talented freshmen. That's just how it goes. I mean, I remember growing up, um, going to GLI all the time with my dad. It would be Michigan would always be shorthanded because they would have a bunch of players competing in these World Juniors. So we'll see if uh, Michigan can pull out a couple of wins. I think they do have uh, enough depth to to compete pretty well. But yeah, missing some of their top players is it, it's going to be going to be tough. I mean, you have Beniers, Bordalo. Um, Bordalo has ten points this year, which is fourth in the in the entire country. Brisson is also up there in storing. And then two first round picks in last year's draft, Johnny Beecher and Cam York, now sophomores, also will be uh will be competing for Team USA. So we'll see how that affects them. Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>